0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. I'm Don alongside Ryan. And uh, Ryan, you know, we didn't have an episode last week. So uh, what did you do to keep yourself busy over the past uh, couple weeks since we last uh, had an episode?
1: Um, Actually, I had an episode without you. Totally kidding. Oh, yep. really? <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Uh, Don had prior obligations, so he was unable to uh, attend last week. So we took it off. That was our spring break. Um, but welcome back, Don. Did you enjoy? Uh, did you enjoy your week? Uh, not in Cincinnati.
0: I did. Uh, was in North Carolina. Um, having previously lived there, it's always good to get back to the great state of North Carolina. So uh, it was a fun time. Uh, but uh, back here now and ready to get on with episode thirty-five.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Now just to remind everybody, uh, you can follow us on your favorite audio podcast apps. We're talking about Spotify, Apple Music, and so on and so on and so on. Just search for the Attractions Group Podcast. Uh, Additionally, uh, if you really want to join the party, you can watch the YouTube video stream and you can see our pretty faces and also our wonderful guests that we have on here. Um, Just search for the Attractions Group Podcast on YouTube. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Attractions underscore GRP. By the way, we got a ton of new followers over the past two weeks. A lot of people are interested in the show when Don isn't on it. So a lot more followers. So welcome to everybody that's listening for the first time. Make sure you check out the back catalog. We got tons of things. Um, Don's rap album is dropping on his MySpace coming up here soon. Uh, And if you want to support the show... By making a small donation, the link to the Buy Me a Coffee link is in the description. So if you click on that link, you can make a small donation to help keep the show going.
0: Ryan, very excited about our guest on this episode. So why don't you go ahead
1: and introduce them? So yeah, we've got a a unique guest here. uh, An opportunity to have uh, Modern Thrills kind of merged with uh, a a vast history. When you talk about the history of theme parks, uh, this kind of sits on an area of the country where you, you can't really uh, stray away from it. Uh, and no, we're not talking about Cedar Point. We're talking about Coney Island, New York. Specifically, we've got Dino Vorderas from Dino's Wonder Wheel. And he's on the show and he's going to talk about uh, what they got going on up there. So Dino, welcome to the show. Thank you for being on.
2: Thank you for having me, everybody. And uh, Don, I guess I have to add you to my top eight in MySpace. Is that yes. That's how that works, right? Absolutely.
1: Okay. If you delete how Tom, to you can have eight of your own choices instead of...
2: <sighs> I think it's time for Tom to go.
1: <laughs> I completely agree.
2: <laughs> he hasn't talked to me in like 15 years. He can go.
1: <laughs> Same profile picture though, right?
2: <laughs> that's about
0: as long as it's been since
2: anyone's interacted with me on MySpace. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. I'm honored. This is the most fun in the world is for me to talk about theme parks. And to me, it's the greatest job in the world. So always happy to talk about it. Awesome. All right.
0: Well, Dino's Wonder Wheel Amusement Park, it begins its 103rd season in April. Now think about that, 103 years. Uh, There's quite a story about how your family got involved with the park. Tell us about that.
2: So um, my grandfather was a hustler. He um, was a Greek immigrant. He was part of the Merchant Marines and um, he jumped off the ship in America to try to like, you know, sneak in, got kicked out like two or three times. Finally, they let him in, gave him a path to citizenship, fought in World War II. And when he got back after earning his citizenship, he opened up pushcart stands. So ironically, he ended up selling hot dogs, not in Coney Island, but, and uh, while he was selling hot dogs, he ended up meeting my grandmother. He uh, was very good friends with another Greek immigrant who was doing the hot dog stand business. And long story short, the two of them used to go on dates to Coney Allen every once in a while. One day he got on his knee, said, listen, I don't have enough money to buy you a ring, but one day I'll buy you that Ferris wheel behind me and you'll have the biggest ring in the world. So it took him another 40 years, but eventually in 1983, we uh, took over the Wonder Wheel.
1: Yeah, that's an incredible story, you know. And I've actually heard that before. So, uh, what a what a great like American success story of uh, you know immigrants coming in and now you, iconic business owners. Um, if my girlfriend and I ever get engaged, I'm gonna spare them the money on the ring, and I'm just gonna point to something large and say, "I'll buy you that later." Did did it work out well for you? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I I think I don't think he really thought he was gonna get the opportunity to do it. He was probably trying to like hustle his way through not buying a ring, and then the opportunity presented itself, and she was like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she she said yes. That's the important part. Um, so the Wonder Wheel itself is the star attraction for your park, but there's a lot more to it, and we're we're absolutely going to get into all that. But what makes the wheel so unique?
2: So the wheel is unique in that it's not just a typical Ferris wheel. So the gondolas there's 24 gondolas, and eight of them are stationary. So that's what we call them stationary, just like a regular Ferris wheel. But then there's 16 that swing like a roller coaster. Although RCDB doesn't say it's a roller coaster, but I think there's uh, we could say that it's sixteen credits. I'm not sure because <laughs> each track is hand built and different. But but that's not even what makes it special. What makes it special isn't you know the sum of its parts. It's greater than that. It's the history behind it. It started construction in 1918. It was a pandemic in 1918. So it just like our pandemic, everything stopped. Aside from a pandemic, there was also a steel strike. So it was just layer after layer of reasons why they should not build this Ferris wheel. But they found a way around it. During the steel strike, they ended up making all the steel workers part owners of the Wonder Wheel. And that's how they got around it. They said, look, they own the wheel. They're here working on their their business and um, they all became shareholders. So they were able to get the steel workers going. It was built with social distancing in mind back in 1918, 1919 for the pandemic. And I think, As the 1920s, the roaring 20s came in, it was a huge part of Coney Island's resurgence, New York City's resurgence. And for the past hundred years, it's just been that for people. People take their girlfriends there, it's their first date, it's where they start their families, where they start their new lives together. You know, February 14th isn't just Valentine's Day, it's National Ferris Wheel Day. So it's the most romantic ride in the world. And I think it gives people hope. It's just an iconic symbol of, there's light at the end of this dark tunnel, and there's better days ahead. That's what it meant in 1918, and that's what it meant in 2020.
1: Yeah, I would say if any ride embodies America, it's the Ferris wheel. I mean, yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, now Dino, the Ferris wheel dates back to 1920. You have a perfect att- uh, safety record on that attraction. What do you attribute that to? Why has it uh, gone that many years and not one thing has happened?
2: Well, I think it's, uh, it was built right. You know, the original owners and designers did a great job. And aside from that, it's always been a family-owned business. So I think there's some pride involved when it's your family's business. It's not something that you say, I'll get to tomorrow. It's, it's a member of your family. Like, I look at that wheel when I got married. I said, you know, honey, I love you. Meet, meet, meet the other woman in the relationship, <laughs> you know. But um, there's pride there. I think another thing that we do and the owners before did is, you know, you have good years and bad years. Good years, you can think about expansion. Bad years, you have to tighten up. The one part of the budget that never gets cut is the maintenance budget and the safety. That's something that we always either have enough money to do or find a way to get, to find the money to get it done. And, you know, we're all in the safety business more than anything else. We have to make sure that we keep people safe. It's the one thing that keeps me awake at night is to make sure that everything gets done. And um, with my family personally, we, we leave our egos on the side as, you know, me and my father are the mechanics but we know that we're human. So we make sure that we have other people double, triple, quadruple check us. You know, we don't, you know, we were talking about inspectors. A lot of parks hate when the inspectors come because they're, you know, fine stuff. We love when the inspectors come. We love to have an extra pair of eyes and we hire third and fourth party inspectors to come triple check us too. So, you know, I have kids and every time somebody rides a ride, I see that person as one of my kids. And I want to make sure that that's safe. And my family wants to make sure that it's safe enough for our own family because the people who come to our park become our family. That's how I think every park should think about it.
1: Well, absolutely. And, they, you know, over 100 years without a major incident, that's that's impressive no matter what angle you take at it. But um, with that being said, we are talking about a wheel that is over 100 years old. And anything that's old poses... Certain challenges. What are some of the unique challenges that you, from a maintenance standpoint and operation standpoint, things like that, face when it comes to operating a wheel that's so old?
2: Um, the Wonder Wheel doesn't have a manufacturer. It was a one of a kind thing. So whenever we need parts, we have to make those parts. So we have, you know, we have a small kitty park too that's on a platform and underground. In that kitty park is our shop. In that shop, we have a small little machine shop. We have, you know. CNC machines, 3D printers, whatever we need to make stuff. But we have lathes for the Wonder Wheel in particular that came with the Wonder Wheel because we have to manufacture the parts on site or have them designed, copied by a machine shop. So you know how roller coaster wheels, you know, you have to change anyone who's, uh, you know, King's Island any uh, Cedar Point, you have to change those wheels every five, 10 years. We still have the original wheels on the Wonder Wheel. They are still original. We get them re-coated with, um, with plastic now polyethyl polyurethane but um originally here's another fun fact they were steel on steel when my family took over is when we added the polyurethane wheels but now the polyurethane just gets redone every so often but the wheels are still original from 1920 and uh we have like these main bearings in the center of the wonder wheel one of the huge challenges that always makes us a little nervous is we have to lift the entire ferris wheel up to change those bearings underneath and believe it or not we do it with a small little jack about this big you just stick it under there and jack the wheel up
1: so for those of you James who are listening on the audio podcast it's not a very big jack <laughs> just to make sure that nobody's no, uh, with this experience
2: maybe three times the size of a car jack I'd say. and the whole
1: wheel goes up the whole structure
2: and and the whole wheel we lift one side at a time so we kind of lean it on its side that's incredible and we change one side of wheels and then we do the same on the other side but you know it's it's nerve-wracking because you don't have a manufacturer behind you it's you're the manufacturer now so it's your call you don't have anybody else to lean on absolutely All right
0: now the wonder wheel obviously the star attraction there uh, but you recently added a Vacoma family uh, roller coaster tell us about the decision to add this particular model and uh, what was it like working with
2: Vacoma on this deal Vacoma was great I'm really happy we went with Vekoma because no one in my family had experience with a modern roller coaster. You know, we we have the ancient stuff. You know, a lot of our rides are from the 1940s or the Wonder Wheels 1920s. Our dark ride is from 1955. So this was a modern modern thing. And we talked to everybody. We talked to all the mechanics that we knew from Hershey Park to Dollywood to Six Flags. And um, we heard a lot of good things on the maintenance side with Vekoma. And me being a maintenance guy, I kind of wanted something simple that or at least, you know, Accessible and easy to fix that wouldn't have too much downtime, and Vacom always came up pretty high in the mechanics ideas of what worked. And then I went to the authorities. I went to the roller coaster subreddit, and I remember posting a query of, "Hey, if you had 265 feet, and your major attraction was a Ferris wheel with swinging cars, wink, what would you put?" and uh, that just exploded on uh, on Reddit and gave me a short list, and Vacoma was at the top of it, so thanks enthusiasts <laughs> you helped us out on that one
1: well, I mean, since it was from the um ro- the r slash roller coaster subreddit, I'm guessing you had to weed through three hundred posts of Giga coaster and you know hyper
2: flying coaster launch coaster stuff like that uh but so I'll tell you guys, but um, I would have done it in a heartbeat I mean if I could have bought in the first modern Vacoma new generation like Leck bermuda blitz style i remember getting on my hands and knees at iapa which is the trade show that we all go mm-hmm. to and saying can you guys fit this in our park and they're like we can't the most exciting thing we can put in that small space is a suspended family coaster i was like okay because we went to family boomerang we were thinking about putting one of those in we talked to rmc for a while but just there were certain restrictions on the site that what made the most sense was the Vacoma. And uh, that's kind of why we went that route. Yeah, it's but, um, uh, the
1: new. Uh, uh, so I'm guessing it's similar to the suspended family coaster at Dollywood. Since you spoke to them, um, yeah. Exactly. You know, full disclosure, I haven't that been up and there. It was great. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, that's a great ride. So I assume that you're uh, you're happy with the product that came out. Ultimately, correct.
2: Ex- extremely happy. I mean, we've been open two years. We have zero downtime. So you know the wonder wheel has 103 years without any downtime so it's got a long way to go to catch up to that but so far so good
1: that's pretty cool now um you mentioned that th- there were some you know you you spoke to a bunch of different manufacturers and you know you you talked to Vacoma about um you know the the limitations in the land and stuff like that can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on the challenges that were associated with adding a modern oh, yeah. roller coaster uh you know besides land and stuff like that uh, you you often hear about like the, the decision-making process behind the actual roller coasters, but especially for your unique situation, what can you tell us about, um,
2: you know, the, the most difficult part of doing this particular process? Um, you know, it's building a roller coaster, isn't like building a building. So, you know, you, you get a contractor and you, they're not exactly, they don't understand the whole concept behind it. So, um, that was one thing. Another thing was in New York city, New York city is, a, is tricky it's hard to get your permits through, especially when you're a small family business. When you're a multi whatever corporation, you have resources, you have lawyers, you have people who know how to get things pushed through. You know, we have a lot of goodwill, we have a lot of friends, but um, we don't have the resources to just expedite certain things. And that was, and, and, and the knowledge too, I'll, I'll admit it, I didn't exactly know what I was getting into with all these permits. I remember our permit kept getting kicked back because we applied for a New York City buildings permit. That's what it's called, to build anything in New York from a roller coaster to a building. And one of the objections that they came back with was, where's your elevator? You're at 68 feet high or 66 feet high. You need an elevator. Anything over 20 feet in New York City needs an elevator. We're like, well, there's a lift hill. That's the same thing. Because it's a roller coaster. Then they kicked it back. You don't have insulation in your building. In New York City, you need a certain amount of uh, insulation. So we're like, no. Just read past the first line. It's a roller coaster. So that, that delayed us like several months. So the permitting was difficult. Uh, dealing with a contractor who thought they knew more than the ride manufacturer on how to assemble the anchor bolts and put all that together wasn't fun. But, you know, we stuck with it. Uh, Vacoma held, held our hand. And really, I mean, I can't say enough great things about Vacoma. They were, they helped me a lot. I don't think I would have been able to do it without them. And uh, Ride Entertainment. For any parks that are listening to, did a great job with our assembly. Mm. They uh, they had a lot of um, you know working on a small New York City street without any place to lay down the track. It was a jigsaw puzzle. Like we had uh, instead of the lines in your parking lot, they were roller coaster track lines. Like the <laughs> roller coasters were between. <laughs> Don't hit the track when you pull in.
1: Yeah, we love ride entertainment. So, um, many many friends there.
2: They're they're excellent. They're excellent. They they really the reason we were you know despite. I'd say we had four months of delays, we were only delayed about three weeks, and they were a big part of why they really you know, you know did well by us. Let's
0: talk about the name uh, Phoenix. Why was that chosen? Oh, uh, for Canobbles,
2: not. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said it at um, at the ACE events. Um, I love the original Phoenix, and that is the the best roller coaster, I think, top three in the world, definitely top woody in the world but uh and the cyclone i'm gonna say they both are but um we picked phoenix because we were building during the pandemic everything was shut down new york city was just like the rest of the world in dire straits we weren't sure we were going to continue with construction we were we weren't sure were not sure we were going to stay in business because during the pandemic we were shut down the whole year we were shut down a total of i think 18 or 19 months because we finished our season october 31st the pandemic hit like two weeks before we were supposed to open we missed that whole year and then the city wouldn't let us open until the spring so we missed about 19 straight months during which i think only two coasters were being built Coaster and us so um we weren't sure what to do you know everybody else stopped construction but you know we sat down we thought about it we felt it was the right thing to do you know betting on new york city betting on the amusement industry always seemed right you know, my grandfather had the same decision to make with the wonder wheel it was the 1980s gangs were rampant in new york city uh there was violence they barely they didn't have money they had to borrow from everybody they had just finally got the kiddie section and it didn't make any sense to reinvest into a place that may or may not make it so i kind of grew drew inspiration from his story and said you know what he Bet on Coney Allen. He bet on New York City. It paid out for my family now. Let's do the same thing for the next generation. So, you know, I felt like Phoenix was a great symbol for rebirth. And, you know, the one silver lining that I thought we'd find in this pandemic was when we all came back, you know, here here was this COVID, this common enemy that we all had that can finally unify all of us. Didn't quite work out that way. (laughs) But I think in this rebirth we need the amusement parks and parks in general more than we've ever needed them before because i thought we were going to all find a way to come together didn't quite happen that way but i think the more time we spend away from these things and out in the open because you know the problem with these things is you can have some bat crazy idea somebody will agree with you on this Mm -hmm. echo chamber you can be as crazy as you want and you'll find a soundboard there. You'll find somebody who'll agree with you. I think when you're out in public, it humanizes humanizes us more. We realize that we don't really hate each other. We just don't always understand each other. And when you look at the parks, you don't see that division. You just see people who are out to make a good time with their friends or their family. And that's the rebirth that I was hoping we could uh bring about by this construction project and we were one of the first if not the first construction project in new york city after the reopening
1: yeah i tell you what i wish we had all the time in the world so we could talk about um you know the wonder wheel and its contribution to um coney yeah. island from from what it was because you know if, if you even look about look at like the history of Disneyland. You know, with Disneyland, they thought he was crazy. They thought Walt Disney was crazy because you know theme parks are gross; they're dirty. That's where drug dealers hang out. Um, You couldn't fathom that now at at the vast majority of parks. But you're right. I mean, Coney Island was no exception to that whatsoever. But we've gotten a lot better. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it's it's but it's it doesn't have that reputation if anything. You know, so um, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, But the other thing is, is I'm worried that every time you put in a major ride, there's going to be a pandemic. So please take that into consideration <laughs> because between the Wonder Wheel and your Vekoma ride. So um, just warn us ahead of time if you're going to put in that RMC or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, please. <laughs> well, with that being th- COVID-24. Yeah. No, oh, gosh. no, no more. No, I think we're good it's, for a it's while. Way too I think soon. we're good for a while. Hey, um, so, you know, speaking of, uh, of, you know, Coney Island as a whole, uh, you're not very far from, you know, different attractions like Luna Park. Are there, like, from a marketing or drawing people or attendance or you know from that standpoint what are the challenges that you face with that well I
2: think um Coney Allen's always been about the different businesses finding a way to work together you know we have the alliance for Coney Allen we all work together for the greater good you know that's one of the things that always made Coney Allen great it's um We we have different businesses, different diversities. We have immigrants, we have long established businesses. And we all get together in a room and figure out how we can make Coney Island better for everybody. And Luna Park came in and they injected new life into Coney Island. We love having them next door. You know, uh everyone says, oh, they're they're your rivals, they're your this. They don't have to be. You don't have to have a rival. The best way to not have a rival is to make them your friend. So we, uh, we are friends with Luna park. We try as much as we can to work with them. And you know, I'm, I hope we can work even closer together in the future.
1: That's really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, you're what about a three minute walk, maybe I think
2: across the street. Yeah. Across the street. Right there. across the street. Actually they're around us. Like, cause we were first and then the city purchased all the land except for us. And then they leased it to Luna park. So it just so happens that we're right in the middle of two of their parks. So it's a little confusing but um
1: you sound surrounded that's, uh, we,
2: we we make it work we are surrounded <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah yeah well it seems to work for all parties there
1: yeah absolutely
0: but that um you know your park it's it's um, uh, it's been in several uh several cameos there in tv and movies uh, talk about that a little bit but also not just that uh, you, you know those have been filmed there but there is some challenges when your, you're, you know, your park's open and you've
2: got this TV crew going around. Yeah. So we always try to film when the, when the park's not open, like during the off season or the shoulder season where we're only open on weekends. We have the film crews come in like Monday through Thursday. And I love it. I love film and TV. I went to school for acting. That's where I met my wife. We were in a show together on off Broadway. But um, so it's always cool to see like, if I pursued that path, like how that would have went and I get to see all the actors getting ready and the behind the scenes, how the directors take, shoot a scene. And, um, you know, some, sometimes they don't realize like certain things, like if they're on the wonder wheel and they're like, okay, we're going to shoot it in this car. I'm like, no, you can't. There's a different number there. You're going to have a continuity issue. The, this is the wonder wheel. Every car cage looks a little different. So it's, it's always fun to like, like have input in the movie, but, um, but yeah, I love, I love movies and TV, and during the pandemic, didn't we all like survive on that stuff. So having uh, being a part of that industry, which I think is like one of the greatest exports our country does, is you know, our movies and our entertainment. Uh, I'm proud of it. It's like seeing your kid on TV. It's like, hey, there we are. We're right yeah. there. I'm so proud of him. Her.
1: <laughs> what are some of the uh, places where we could see the park and, and movies? Like what are the, some of the ones that come to
2: mind? Oh, man, can I talk about the ones that are coming? I can't talk about one of them, but that's going to be super exciting. And, um, yeah, I think it's out of the bag. There's a, There was a John Krasinski film that's coming out in the next two years that I think is going to have some Oscar buzz, and they filmed a very pivotal scene. Kind of know the ending now. But uh, <laughs> which, that, that's another thing that's not always so much fun is, is, like, you're like, oh, man, now I know how this is going to end. Because they always film, like, something – important on the wonder wheel like there's, it's always like a revelation of some sort it's a revolution and a revelation but <laughs> there's um, gotta be a word wow. for that yeah i guess it's a coney ending but um <laughs> it's gonna be a cool movie i mean i know how it ends i'm not gonna tell anybody but it looks cool.
1: Well, what are some of the movies but, um, that are
2: that are out now that people can check out? I mean, obviously, well, The Warriors. The Warriors is a cult classic. It's always one of my favorite movies in the history. Behind the filming of that is um, yeah, I remember can, The Warriors, and that's what Coney Island looked like. I mean, they had to be careful. They you know when they were filming that, it was before my time, but it was um, they had to have an understanding with the real gangs <laughs> and not tread on their territory <laughs> because they were in gang outfits. It was like, wait a second, we got to make sure we all get along here. But um, the Warriors was there, um, Annie Hall was there. We won't talk about the more recent Woody Allen movie called Wonder Wheel, I've never heard of that. We're not even. That was not my favorite movie. If anybody saw that, you don't, you're not missing anything. <laughs> but uh, they're not all winners, people. But, um, but it's always great to see. And one of the reasons why people film at the Wonder Wheel is because it's 100 years old. So if you're filming a period piece, I mean, there's no uh, better place. Hasn't changed. We have one of the first neon signs ever made. And I think one of the oldest neon signs in New York City is our Wonder Wheel sign at the top.
1: So completely going off script here, uh, this just kind of came to mind. So if they're filling because I didn't think about that, how, you know, they might film a period piece there, but you do have like a mm-hmm. brand spanking new Vacoma coaster right next to it. Do they just film around that? Or is that like their problem?
2: Or can you help them with that or what? So a lot of times what they did at what, um, was it the Krasinski film? It was one of the, one of the films that they did two years ago is, uh, they set up a, a laser scanner and they scan the whole area and in post-production, they'll remove it and they'll just like pop it out. We filmed Men in Black 3 and at the time we had solar panels on, on each gondola. They were solar powered and Men in Black had to, because they, they went back in time, they digitally removed the solar panels from each gondola. That was half the budget right there. <laughs> I, yeah, back then maybe, but uh, now it's like something you can do in your basement. Oh, now like now I can cut. do it
1: on my computer that it's sitting in front of me pretty easily. Uh, yeah. but uh, back to the real world though. So, uh, you know, you guys still operate on like a pay per ride kind of basis, wristbands, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of American parks have gone to a pay one price to get in kind of admission. You guys are free admission. You pay for the rides. Um, why do you think that that works for your park in particular as opposed to the model that most other parks use now
2: i think because we're one of many parks in the area it's more fair to people than having a charge admission and then they're stuck there and then they can't go to the, like our neighbors or and we're smaller than luna park so luna park can kind of get away with a wristband i wish we could do a wristband boy wouldn't it be a great idea if you can get a park hopper <laughs> but um we'll talk about that down the down the road but um I think if we were the only game in town, I think we would still want to keep our gates open to make it accessible because not everybody wants to go to an amusement park. Some people want to go to the beach. Maybe they'll get on the wonder wheel, but they don't want to pay 60, 70, a hundred dollars to get into a park. Maybe they'll just want to get on one or two rides and then leave and just enjoy the boardwalk or go to the bar next door or do something else. So one of the smaller mom and pops down the street. So it's, we're a little bit of a different model because we're more of like, like, You know, you go to Times Square and there's many different businesses, not just Times Square. People think Coney Island's one amusement park, but there's us, there's Luna, and then there's some independent operators. And it's people, we always give refunds. So sometimes people buy one of our fund cards and they'll go to Luna and then they find out that it's not all Coney Island is at one park. So we're, we always give a refund for that. You know, if you went on a couple of rides, we won't give you that money back, but we'll give you the balance back because it is confusing you know, we put signs everywhere, but it's still very confusing. So, you know, that's just how we're a little different. You know, you don't often get an area of land that has multiple amusement parks on it. I mean, you do in Jersey and I think they're very similar as well. I think they're still on the, um, paper ride free, free admission system. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, it's yeah. funny that, uh, it's just to clarify, cause I didn't even know this until, I mean, I've been involved in the coaster and the park community for you know 25 years now but it was probably 10 years ago that i realized that Coney Island is several parks um and just to give you you know a long story short uh here in the cincinnati area there's a park called Coney Island now yep. Coney Island I, I see you're familiar with it Coney Island of course. is, what, is Coney stick together right the, yeah stick together um but uh so Coney Island was named after Coney Island in New York, where 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 you have your wheel, and uh, it was the the Coney Island of the West, which over time was shortened to Coney Island. And uh, right. you know, online people are like, "Oh, they could never do that today because they would get sued." It's no, they wouldn't. It's like saying like the New York of the West. Like New York's not going to sue you right. for
2: that. <laughs> hey, New York was from York. It's New York, right?
1: So. Right, but it's the remake of
2: York. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it would be yeah. New Coney
0: Island, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Dino, your model, you know, Ryan brought up Cincinnati's Coney Island and that's that was my introduction uh, to the industry. And I you know, remember the, you know, where you just got the ride tickets and things and you could walk around. It was free, you know, to get into the park. But, uh, you know, so for me, I think you would lose part of that that old school charm that you have if you did move away from that. So, you know, I, I like the fact that that history, that tradition, all those kind of things, you know, remain
2: intact. It's still being run the same way that it always has. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was hard for us to go digital on the cards. Like the paper ticket was just like, we didn't want to let that go, but we ended up having to eventually get like a digital card and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I do miss the paper tickets and we do sell them once in a while. Like we, they're still good. I mean, if you bought a paper ticket 30 years ago at our park, we'll still take it. They're still out there.
1: Yeah. They're probably appreciated in value with how inflation has been, you yeah. <laughs> because listen, it- yeah, the $30 it, like $30 ticket was good don't, for 5. Don't throw that out. I'll save it. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, yeah, exactly. It's like oh
1: god. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, let's circle back uh to the pandemic in, in 2020. That was the the lone year that uh, you know you you did not operate. Um you know, how do you overcome that unique year and and how has the business maybe changed? What have you seen a little different, you know, coming out of that?
2: That was tough not opening, you know, we, we always thought positively, but, uh, you know, in the back of our minds, we thought this might be it, you know, well, we don't know how bad this is going to get. We don't know when we're going to open. I mean, we were, and we, you know, had to put the park together and taken it apart and put it together several times because government told us we were going to open and then we weren't going to open and back and forth. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's like a bad dream now. It feels like, I mean, we're lucky. Everybody in our family made it through okay for the most part. We've got some long haulers in the family, just like everybody else's family who's got dealing with the effects of long COVID, but you know, for the most part we're, we're doing okay. So we'll take that blessing. But as a, uh, for a business standpoint, it was tough. I mean, I think half of New York city restaurants closed down during the pandemic and, and the amusement industry got hit even harder because we didn't open. So you just, You kind of stick together as a family. You know, one of the positives for me was it was the first summer I was home. You know, me and the kids and my wife, we cooked every night. It was great for that respect. But um, you just have to have hope. You have to have hope that, you know, you do what you can with what you got. And we made sure that when we were able to open, that we could do it safely, that we can do it bringing people together, and that we um, could do it with a smile because... Not so many people smile. we smiling in 2020, so we said if we're given the opportunity, we're just going to make sure that we um, we appreciate it. We appreciate the privilege that we have, and try to do the most good with that privilege.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and just you know, and I think I speak for everybody, and you know, we're with you. I, I don't. I don't think many people were hit harder than business owners, small business owners specifically, because oftentimes there's no net. You know, it's just oh, you're not opening. Well, there's no
2: income. You know. So that's a, yeah, we kind of fell between different, different programs. Like we weren't really a restaurant, so we couldn't get that money. We weren't a theater, so we couldn't get that money, but, uh, but you know, we did, we ended up being okay. So the people hopefully that needed it more got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh,
1: so Dino, let me ask you this. So over a hundred years of this wheel, what do the next hundred years look like? A lot of welding. No, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean just for the wheel.
2: (laughs) You know, it all depends. You know, if the opportunity presents itself to add to the park, we will sit down as a family and we'll discuss if it's the right time to do that. Right now, there's a lot of talk of casinos going into Coney Island. I have mixed feelings, but that's again, you know, it's funny. People ask me, what do you think about the casinos? I'm like, it's not my decision. You know, I'm a business owner. Yes, my family and I are there, but we serve at the leisure of the, at the pleasure of the community. So whatever the community decides, we're going to hopefully still be a part of their vision. And uh, I always said we're, we're temporary stewards of what I consider the people's playground, one of the greatest places on earth. And we have appreciated every second that we're there. And as long as New York City wants the Verderas family there, we will be there. One day that might not be true, but uh, I just hope that we're there for as long as we can be. And when our time is up, that somebody else does come in Understands the responsibility and the privilege that they have being in such an iconic place. Mm-hmm. Oops. So we'll see. You know, I, my, I have kids. My brothers have kids. My cousins have kids. We're ready to go for another generation. So, if y'all have us, we'll be there. Succession plan in place. There you go.
1: Awesome. So, do you know? I mean, ju- just to you know. Make sure that we we go for full circle. Um, where can we find you on the on the web and your social media and so on? Like, where where can people find out more about Dino's Wonder Wheel?
2: So you can go to dino'swonderwheel.com. D e n o s. You can thank Ellis Island for that one, <laughs> but um, <laughs> or my grandfather, who knows? But it's D e n o, and uh, you know we have. You can just find it. Just type in Wonder Wheel on. We got. We I mean, we have a Twitter and Instagram, whatever those kids are using now. But
1: we're all we're all over on that. Awesome, and we will link you in the description. So awesome. So Don, do you have any final thoughts for Dino? No, it's been great having
0: you on uh, the podcast. I, I think that for our listeners, you know, if you're going to be in New York City, you definitely have to check out uh, Dino's Wonder Wheel. It's uh, you know, it's a classic, you know, and it's it's gonna you know, be a throwback to, you know, past hundred years. I mean, you see all that history there. And, uh, you know, so it's a
2: can't miss um, opportunity for you if you're going to be visiting New York. It's a great place. One of the things I love most about Coney Island, it's a, it's a place where we don't just tolerate each other's diversity. We embrace it and we grow from it. That's what Konyang's always been. It's always been that hope for a better tomorrow. So if you're ever there, take a deep breath and kind of feel all that when you're there. All right. Well, Dino, uh we have a segment coming up. We'd like you to stick
0: around if you're if you want to chime in. It's called The Pick 6 where we talk about some different things going on around the industry. So, uh Uh-oh. feel free okay. to uh chime in. Uh so now it's time for The Pick 6.
1: <sighs> Pick 6 time. Okay. All right. Oh, the first one's me. Okay. Uh so Tweetsie Railroad, North Carolina, introducing three new rides in 2023, a mini swing, uh, uh spring ride drop tower, and a family spinning coaster. Uh, they mentioned that it will not be ready for opening on April 8th, but it will be ready sometime in the late spring, early summer. Uh, the spinning coaster is an SBF Visa spinning coaster. So... Dino, Have you ever been on one of those SBF spinning coasters? You went to Iapa, so you probably rode it there, right? Yep, of
2: course. Not the hamster wheel, though. Not gonna find me on that hamster wheel. Actually, wait. I think I did do the hamster wheel. You did was, do that one, okay? Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember it. It knocked out my short, short term memory. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're fun. Actually, we've 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 thought about it. You know, if we had the room. Yeah. Now, have you ever been to uh, Tweetsie's Railroad? No, but I've heard about it. I mean, I, I listen to all the uh, the news blasts and. It sounds like an awesome, awesome place. It is. Uh, it's not, you know,
0: it's not a place you're going to spend all day at, but it's definitely, uh, this, you know, worth a stop if you're in North Carolina. Uh, if you're a train enthusiast, yep. you know, mm-hmm. you, it, opportunity to get your credit there if you keep track of how many different steam trains you've been on in the amusement industry. But, uh, you know, a lot of fun and it's, it's uh, you know, great to see that uh, they're expanding and adding three new rides.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.
2: I mean, didn't Silver Dollar City, Dollywood start out with just the just the train?
1: Yeah, that was kind of the origin of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, the next topic is uh, Disney cast members. Uh, They welcome the return of the happily ever after uh, nighttime spectacular that they do there. So um, I think, you know, they're adding this year projections to it uh you know rave reviews before um so i'm excited to see it
2: back what about uh have you seen it before dino uh it's been a while i actually went to disney with my family last year but we didn't see that but the projection mapping on main street is is incredible so i can only i mean disney knows how to do a show so i about you
0: ryan
1: uh uh, so i haven't seen that show i mean i've saw happily ever after and or not Happily Ever After, that's this one. I, I saw uh, Wishes. That was the last one I saw. Which, no, I've yeah. been there since Wishes, but I hadn't I haven't been to see the night show at Magic Kingdom since Happily Ever After. But huge fan of projection mapping. And um as as Dino mentioned, it's only Disney can do it as well as they do it. So uh, glad to hear that the show is coming back. It's going to be better than ever. They're having cast previews, and of course, the cast is putting it all of her social media. Which it's not really a spoiler when they're bringing the show back. But Mazel Tov to them. I mean, I'm I'm glad that they're doing things like this instead of putting in things that aren't as good, and then people are told to stick with them. You know, that's the direction they're going. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, it's exciting time if you're a Disney fan. Yeah. Oh gosh, we're talking about Bucky's again. So Bucky's. Is looking to expand into Virginia. Do you know? Do you know about Bucky's? You
2: got me on that one. I don't know about. I not explain it. You have to. It is. Um, well,
0: it's it's like the world's largest gas station in a way. But the food. Oh, okay, good. okay. So you know what I'm okay. talking about. So yeah, you got yeah, like yeah. 120 pumps. You know uh, to fill up your tank. Cleanest restrooms you're gonna find anywhere. You could almost eat off the floor there. Um, you know they've got uh, you know the breakfast food's great. Uh, they they're known for their briskets, their melts. Um, you know, they're pulled pork. It's all, you know, just just really it's in the merchandise. So it's almost like its own, um, you know, almost like a mini amusement park without rides. You know, when you go in there, it's uh, just uh it's addictive when you walk into it. But, you know, they're kind of expanding all over. Started out in Texas. Uh, you know, they have them now in Tennessee and they're going to open another one in a Memorial Day weekend range. Uh, down there but now virginia not too far from uh, bush gardens and king's dominion so i'm excited about that when i make trips to those parks um i like the way they're expanding you know so pretty soon they'll be coast to coast
1: then they always try to get you to buy their merchandise but i never do (laughs) (laughs) don show it (laughs) off okay
2: (laughs) Oh man, Bucky's is I'm not a sponsor my... of this
1: program, I'm... but we like to pretend that they are. Wait, I've never seen that Bucky's well, mug on... before.
0: <laughs> no, it, it you know you have to um I'm definitely going to go. If I you're know. like in Tennessee, you'll find one within an hour or two now wherever, you know, if you're if you're going to be at Dollywood, you know, it's it's right off the exit, you know, the main exit to to get into Pigeon Forge. Uh so uh, you definitely have to check it out. Uh, you you you'll walk in to just, you know, maybe take a quick bathroom break, get something to eat, and next thing you know, you, you bought
1: camping gear and everything.
2: Yeah, that sounds about that's like me and Walmart. They
1: they have seasonal yeah, or Home
2: Depot. If I go to Home, Home Depot, Depot for yeah. electrical tape. I come out with like a new bathroom. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> you come out you come out with a <laughs> yeah, consultation so it, plan. Um yeah, yeah, they have like seasonal merchandise and stuff that rotates every couple weeks. So like literally every time you swing by one, you can like stop and get the new merchandise. It's like the the merch runs at Disney. It really is, but you know, yeah, you got to try. The food really is excellent.
2: No, you said pulled pork, and I got hungry. So. Well, the melt is the, way, is
1: the one that is. We, we learned the hard way that the melt is the one that, that you need to go for. They're known for their pulled pork. They're known for their brisket, but the melt is king.
0: That's the best sandwich. It, it really is. Really? Good but their know. breakfast burritos and things like that, mm. I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, it's going to be better than any of the fast food places
2: you're going to find. You're going to see me pull up with an electric car just to eat. You guys yeah. find a way to fill it up. I'm going to go get the pulled pork. That's right. No, well, I
1: mean, they don't <laughs> have like greasers filling up cars. It's not like a, a 1950s gas station, but they do. <laughs> they do literally. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, it, it, you, you know, anyone who's familiar with Walmart, which I, I can't imagine anyone who's not, but um, the old WalMarts from the 80s, it was about that size. So it's not like a super Walmart, but it's very, very large, and then just pumps as far as the eye can see you know wow. so you never have to wait and then you know as don mentioned they pride themselves in the restrooms and they're they're so clean and they're so big and
2: that's impressive
1: yeah so i don't know why anyone would buy an electric car when it prevents you from going to buckys i'm just saying <laughs> i didn't know you could still do the car wash
0: that they have and that's almost like the length of a football field that's an experience in itself is just doing the car wash
2: now, now I know what to do. Now I know where I'm going. Now, I haven't
1: done the car wash, but I imagine it's like that scene from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when they're on that vehicle and they're all getting sprayed with the foam and yes! stuff. And then they go, <laughs> they go past that like pillar and then they're all dry again. <laughs> oh, my word.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Mark it down. Make it a point. Magic. Somewhere this summer, you know, you have to hit a Bucky's. Okay. Deal. All right. Next, uh, we have Dollywood known for the Dollywood Express train. Uh, They have uh, named their first female train engineer. Her name's Julia Collins. And, uh, you know, I I think this is a pretty notable um, story, you know, as long as that train has been around. And, uh, you know, I I was just, uh, you know, excited to read that story and looking forward to when I go to Dollywood again to, you know,
2: add it to my bucket list to try to meet Julia. They always do things right in Dollywood,
1: don't they? Dollywood is infallible yeah. like the Pope.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, no, I mean, good for them. Um, I don't necessarily think that, you know, at least in the past maybe 20 years or so, that anyone's ever told a woman they can't be a train engineer. But definitely it was one of those things that was very male-dominated. So uh, Julia is her name. So good good for Julia. Yeah, Julia
0: Collins. Yeah. G- and you know what? I mean, to do that job... Uh, and there's a, especially theirs. It, it's it's a lot of work involved to have that ready to go every day. You just don't show up in the morning and fired it up mm-hmm. and yeah. let's put our first guest on. I mean, it is a lot of work involved. And I think to work on any kind of a steam train at any of the the amusement theme parks around the country. I mean, you have to be passionate about it. Uh, to be able to do that. Uh, You know, if it's 100 degrees, 80 degrees, whatever it may be outside, I mean, all, you know, it's hot in that cabin and things. So, uh, you know, you have to be passionate about, you have to be very knowledgeable. Uh, But, uh, you know, I I found that to be a, you know, a a great story.
2: Good for her.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, I'm guessing that both, uh, I know Don has, Dino, have you ridden the Dollywood train? Have you been out there?
2: Not yet. Oh,
1: not yet. I was
2: out there once, but we were only there to look at the coaster. And then we did that. And, did i and, and uh lightning you run, could have gotten course, a great
1: view up. of the coaster from the train i'm just saying it goes right around I my know. I, well we,
2: we were there for like three four hours but i'm definitely doing it yeah yeah it's, it's every
1: hour on the hour um and this is completely going off on a tangent but the the thing that that kind of strikes me when don mentioned like yeah you, know, you just can't turn it on and go is that that train goes to the top of a mountain like i don't think trains in general are designed to do that sort of thing so I, the maintenance on that's got to be incredible and the fact that it does doesn't really have downtime, I, I think, is impressive. You know, I'm I'm not really a train engineer, so maybe it's easier than I think. But my in my little Ryan imagination, I I think it's really cool that they're able to to operate such a thing, especially since the trains are like decades old, sixty years old, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, like old Confederate tra I don't know. You know, they tell the story on the train, but I'm usually like. You know, looking at the mountains and looking at the Vacoma coaster from the good view that Dino didn't get, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, yeah, recently there was a uh, an article that came out from IAPA that talked about when how the decision is made to either refurbish or remove an attraction. Now, this one kind of hits home because uh they talked a lot about uh like vortex at King's Island, which was recently removed a few years ago um and basically what there was there was nothing like earth shattering with this, but I'm glad the article was written because it seems like with the roller coaster much like anything else, um it comes down to it has the end of the service life and it becomes not profitable to try to spend the money to fix it you know um so let let me ask you, Don first since in your first hand like what were your thoughts on the article? primarily um do, do you have any commentary on it or anything like that no i i mean i think it pretty much
0: touched on you know what's been explained by parks throughout the country whenever they do uh retire an attraction you know oftentimes it's uh, it's reached the end of its service life or you know you're a little bit landlocked and you need to add something new so you kind of uh you know look at some other factors you know maybe the the maintenance costs or um, what's the ridership you know is it decline those kind of things so it really you know kind of um you know, was was a lot about all the different things that uh, you know you, you've heard for years about why rides uh, removed. I thought the interesting part about the article was how sometimes when a ride's removed, you know, there are fans of the ride that would like to have a piece of memorabilia from it, and uh, you know, parks making. Uh, those pieces, whether it's a block of wood or a piece of steel, making that available uh, for fans of the ride to
1: purchase. Yeah. We saw another article about how there's a market for that now where, and I always make the joke and it's not completely untrue that here's a $200 piece of scrap of steel for that's an inch wide, you know, that, you know, on the open markets worth about eight bucks, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of like physical connection is, is a real thing. And it seems like more and more parks are realizing that, do you know, do you have any experience having to remove a ride or have you just added them over the past hundred years?
2: We, uh, we did, we had a, a Kitty whip, Mangles Kitty whip, and, uh, we did switch it out for a Zamperla speedway. So, uh, I, I do miss the Kitty whip, but a lot of times it just has to deal with not being able to get parts, reach the end of its service life. And, you know, some parks, to their credit, like Knoebels, find a way to keep them going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a good example of that is all the parks that have the monster rides by the Eirely uh, Aircraft Company. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Like, how do you keep those going? That that company oh, hasn't been man. in business since like before your Wonder Wheel was built, you know?
2: <laughs> I think I, I'm trying to, I don't know the manufacturer, but there's a manufacturer that does do parts for it. Oh, really? I think they like, like you can still get Arrow parts by going through S&S, correct? Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things a lot of people always bring up the case of like, oh, it's hard to get parts for Arrow. I don't think that's true. I think SNS has a huge faction there's, of their business. There's
2: so many Arrows. I mean, they're getting smaller and smaller. But yeah, like even like uh, Tilta Worlds, you know, you go to like a place called Larson. I'm getting like deep, you know, super nerdy now. Yeah, yeah. Larson but, um,
1: International. Sellner's not around anymore. The company so. that owned Tilta Right, <laughs> Exactly. So. so,
0: yeah. And Dino, I'm sure you'd understand this, You know, um, you know, as, as, attached to a lot of these attractions that get retired that the guests are um you know it might have been somebody's first ride maybe the first uh you know ride that they ever worked first job those kind of things it's hard as it is uh you know for the guests and everything to see a ride go it's even harder uh, for those that work at the park to make that decision
2: oh, i'm i'm still upset about the uh the because that was my favorite ride as a kid yeah but uh you know modern safety standards play a part too so it's it's kind of tough and not having a manufacturer versus having support of a manufacturer i think and you know a lot of times the general public is your main audience not necessarily the enthusiasts or the historians so you have to find a nice balance i mean i'm talking for other parks we kind of tend to keep things going way past their prime
1: that's one way of putting it all
0: right and the final pick six question our topic is changes to icebreaker at SeaWorld Orlando. They've changed the height requirement, uh, bringing it down from 54 to 48 inches. Uh, They replaced uh, uh, comfort collars with lap bars. Um, You know, so, I mean, it's good that, uh, you know, they saw that, uh, you know, there were some issues involved and, you know, trying to make it a little bit broader range of of guests that can can experience it. Uh, Dino, your thoughts on these changes?
2: I remember when they raised it, it was 48 and they raised it, I was like, oof, that would be devastating because our, ours is at 39 inches. It's actually mm-hmm. designed to be 36 inches, but because our G-forces are a little higher, we moved it up to 39. And uh, if one day Vakoma said, hey, sorry, we, oops, it's 54 now, that would be tough. So I'm glad that they worked with Premier, or however they did it and found a way to bring it back down to 48. Because without inversions and it looks like such a, an awesome family ride. I mean, family thrill ride because it's it's kind of teetering on the edge there. Because I hear haven't been on it, but I hear the airtime is sick on it, especially backwards. So uh, yeah, I'm really glad because you know they you know they, they invested the, all this money in a new coaster and they're trying to bring more families in, make it accessible to families. So they found a way to do it. I'm really happy that they did.
1: Yeah, completely agree. I actually did get to ride it. I rode it during IAPA week while it was down there, um, and I'll tell you that the if I had to rate the thrill, you know, with one being, you know, your typical, you know, little kitty, ride, You know, I'm explaining this way too much. One being like a typical oval kitty ride and 10 being, you know, steel vengeance or, or iron dragon or or not iron dragon, not iron quasi. Quasi. Uh, but it's, (laughs) it's like a solid four or five. So it's definitely more like in the, the family ride category. Um, now I I will tell you this, the comfort collars for me, don't bother me from a comfort standpoint, but it does make getting into the train so awkward. And, um, and I had this problem at Bush Gardens Williamsburg as well there when you're climbing into the train and you're lifting up the comfort collar to try to awkwardly climb under it at both parks with the same train, two different rides. I hit my knee against the decorative fender and like just bashed myself. So I, 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 that's, I, I know that's just me and that's like a klutzy thing, but that's kind of a design flaw where you can't control your whole body at once. Cause you're trying to awkwardly get under this collar as you're sitting in the seat. So I think it might actually do a lot for capacity, not just, you know, accommodating gas. Don't you, don't you think so? Awesome.
2: I mean, yeah, the more you can get in and out of the, uh, in and out without hurting your knees and bashing yourself in. Cause you know. People are always having these, and they're not looking where they're going. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of there's enough distractions as it is, so the less to trip on. Yeah, the yeah. I, I mean, I I agree, but but the what, what
1: I was thinking though was like with the comfort collars, you essentially have this soft collar that is forcibly downward. Okay, so it doesn't like wave upward all the way. So you can't like lift it up and climb into it and then put it over yourself like you would an over-the-shoulder mm-hmm. restraint. It's something that wants to be down, although it is soft. So you're trying to hold this thing up because otherwise you're wanting to gotcha. sit on top of it. Okay. So you climb in and then on top of that, they have this hooking mechanism that is very simple, but it's backward. It's a con- counterintuitive. So everybody has problem with has problems with the hooking mechanism that hooks the comfort collar into the the strap that goes between your legs. So I think that this will add 30% capacity to that ride. I'm calling it now.
0: Yeah, I think minimum, you know, 25 to 30% you're right on with that, Ryan. Yeah. Great ride though.
1: Uh, I'm excited to ride it again with a lap bar. That's cool. Would that be two credits, Ryan? Or that what? would be two. Yeah, different restraint. <laughs> <they're-> no. <laughs> really? Re- what, what, Retracking uh, new paints and new restraints are all new credits. Uh, new paint. Okay, yeah, because that's... I haven't written on the new paint yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've always been like it's one credit no matter what changes ever what they do to the thing you know over the years it's one credit for me
1: well okay well i want both of your opinions on this so i, I to, in all honesty i agree it's pretty much just one credit even like the same ride if they move it to a different park is still one credit but what about something extreme like with son of beast how they took out the loop that's a completely different experience i could see an argument for that being two different credits
2: I think if they take out a loop or a major section of track, track, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, anything that's but
1: I think that like I, entirely noteworthy. You know, sometimes they change the banking and stuff. Like some of the wooden coasters at Kings Island are modernized a little bit with, you know, they change the banking so it goes into the tunnel, and it, that's not a new credit. You take out a loop or something or a hill, that's new credit.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you dramatically change the ride, so yeah, you'd have to consider that
2: as a second credit. And plus it's sad if, if it's that, if like a credit goes away and you can't get it anymore, that makes me sad. Then like you took something away, Ah, but the credit becomes more valuable
1: since it's rare. Ah, I know that's the other end of it, but I'm trading my credits on the open market. (laughs) (laughs) They're like NFTs. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
0: All right. Well, Dino, we really appreciate you taking time uh, to to be on the podcast tonight. Uh, guys, you know, thank like I you. Mentioned thank earlier, you all. You know, if you have a chance, you're in New York, uh, you definitely have to check out Dino's Wonder Wheel. You won't be
1: disappointed. Say hello on there. Every day we're open. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Dino. It's a pleasure meeting you.
2: Guys, thank uh, you very much. My pleasure. you to come thank back you. on later in the season out, to talk about
1: how things are going. Okay, awesome. deal. About those new casinos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well... Good night, everybody. We will see you next week. Thanks again, Dino.